when you go to getting serious about God and serving God, things are going to happen. And they're going to try to interfere in your life and try to, to get in your pocket or whatever. And it comes a time when you just have to let go and let God do it, no matter if it is your child or something you've worked at for 20 years. You've got to trust God and, uh, and keep the best you can keep the flesh out of it. The flesh will always lead you astray, and, and, um, and we can do that. Paul understood that when he wrote to the church at Ephesus. The church uh, there, Ephesus was a, a major seaport. A lot of things going on. It was a, uh, one of the best church plants Paul ever established. He spent quite a bit of time there and sent Timothy there. Invested heavily into that church plant for it to do what it did. But, but because of being where a place that uh, a lot of people came, Satan had a pretty good hold in that area. And the church began to, to step on some holds that Satan has. And, uh, and so when you start getting into Satan's territory, he begins to start trying to squash God's work. Just the way he operates until God takes us out or locks him up forever in, in hell, it's going to be an ongoing deal. And, and so those things happen uh, periodically on there. But this is what Paul told the church there. He said, finally, in conclusion of this letter, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. This is what I have to be reminded of sometimes is when I think I'm the, I'm, I'm the, one of the defender of the church, I'm not. It's God's church, okay? Uh, I've just been part of the tool, one of the tools God used to build it. But that passion to defend and take up will cause you at times to want to fight a, a circular saw. I mean, you just you just that away because there's a passion about it, and I have that passion, along with a lot of others in this church and stuff. But what Paul's reminded me of, my strength is not enough. i got to rely on the strength of the Lord. I've got to let Him work. I've got to let Him do what He needs to do. Because He will glorify Himself in the midst of trials and tribulations. He will protect His church because it's His church. And, uh, and when Satan tries to attack His church... We can rest assured He doesn't need us to do the battling for Him like we think He does sometimes. We need to learn to let Him do the battling and, and, uh, and let's just kind of follow the Spirit and do what it is. Now, I'm not saying just lay down, but I am saying we've got to listen to the Spirit of God and what to do. And that's not always easy. But He says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So he's telling you right there, the devil's got all kinds of schemes. He's going to work. And, and first of all, you're never going to do face-to-face with Satan. How does he work? Through people. Same way God works with the kingdom, he works through people. So does Satan work through people. And so he's always trying to to work and pull at things with his schemes and ideas because 
those who do not trust in the Lord or or against the Lord or maybe not have as good an understanding uh, of what the Scripture says, they can be pulled aside too and be used even without knowing it. Uh, and so we've got to be ready as a church to be united together in this form to fight and protect this that God has. And the best way to do it is being prayed up. Because these schemes are going to come and He's always going to use the weakness of man to try to tear down the, the thing of, of the strength of the church. Look what he says in verse 12. He said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So it's not against the individual. It's against what's happening through that, the spirit of that. But it's, the, this, uh, it's not against the flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there's a lot there to, to be looking at that, because first of all, if you're not aware of it, there, the, the evil spirits are demons. They're angels cast out of heaven, okay? Demons were not created. They chose to become demonic. They were angels. They were created to worship God. There was, there was three archangels mentioned within the Scripture, Michael is one, the warring angel. Gabriel's the second one, and he is the messenger angel. And then Lucifer was the third archangel. And under each one of them, there were given one-third of the angels. So an archangel was in charge of one-third of all the angels. And so what happened there in heaven, Lucifer, we call him Satan, began to lift himself up in the form of God and even considered himself equal to God. And when he did that, God kicked him out of heaven. And guess where he landed? Right here on earth. So he, I wish he'd send him to Pluto. But he didn't. He landed right here in the midst of all us humans and he began to destroy and to, to take away the spirit from man. And he began to deceive men. And he's always working. And the, the world we live in today is filled with the works that he has been working at for thousands of years, folks. So when we see it and we begin to get mad at a political party or a different group or whatever, we need to understand it's not them. It's the deception that they've fallen into. All right? Because there's, a, there's this work going on constantly that we have to battle and we have to stand up against and we have to be there. But how do you stand up against something that's spiritual if you're not spiritual? You can't. When you're in the flesh, you're not being led of the Spirit. And that's when our emotions begin to take over. And when our emotions take over, we're not being wise. And so be on guard, folks, that when you begin to get stressed, you begin to build up some anger. You begin to, to <clears throat> kind of like an old sore when it gets red. It's on edge all the time and the least little bump agitates it. That's where we can be sometimes. But we got to understand it's a spiritual battle. 
But it's not only happening here, it's happening in heaven too. Because Satan still has, even though he's kicked out of heaven, he still has the ability to leave here and go back to heaven where he accuses the workers of the kingdom and makes accusation against them in front of God. Example, Job. Satan's making this trip back and forth, making all kinds of accusations and stuff. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan referred to him and said, no, God, you've got a protective hedge around him. I can't touch him. He said, if you'll remove that hedge, I'll get him. So God began to remove that protective barrier around him. So he could begin to test him. Yet Job remained in the Spirit and remained faithful. I wished I was as strong as Job. Because when we go to battle sometimes, that old flesh creeps back in, okay? But Job did. So we know for a fact Satan's going back and forth. And, and with the successes we've had here in the church, I know he's, he's been constantly bringing up bar none to, uh, to God on a lot of areas. But we lost a dear saint here just the other day. Just all of a sudden just died. We've had a lot of uh, individuals in here suffering with cancer. Some have been recovering, but then others are getting it. So it's been a constant up and down there where it begins to take on and begin to try to destroy that faith that we have. And it gets to you. It stresses us out. I don't know about y'all, but it stresses me out. Because I lose a brother or sister. Every time one of y'all die, I lose family. At least for a little while, I lose you because you are my family and stuff. And I'm here to tell you, you're closer to me than my own blood kin because we're blood kin also through the blood of Christ. And, uh, and I take it very seriously when God puts somebody in this church that, that I am, I'm responsible for a lot of your spiritual growth. And, and I take that seriously, and that's why I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate in my love towards you and passionate in trying to help you. And sometimes that passion is not always filled with as much wisdom. But we struggle against these spiritual uh, demons that are always after us. Verse 13 says, Therefore take up the full armor of God, so that you'll be able to resist in that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Standing firm. It's a lot easier when there's a lot of us together. You know, I, I see these police officers when they line up at a riot. And when they stand line to line and toe to toe and they... There is a force to be reckoned with. There's no cracks in it because it makes them stronger. They can kind of lean on one another. And that's what the church should be, a place to lean upon, to grow strength from, and to begin to feel and support one another. And that's why we pray for one another. That's why we go through these things that cause us to grow stronger on each other. Because we, we need to be ready.
But he goes on and begins to give us some, some detail there. He said, having girded your loins with truth. What is truth? The truth that they're talking about is the right gospel message, which is Jesus Christ and Him alone. Don't ever sway from that, folks. There is no other good news. There, and that's what the gospel stands for, good news. Don't ever let Satan pull you away or cause you to doubt. There's a lot of good people out there that are very good, well-meaning people, but their doctrine is wrong. Okay? You don't hate the person, but you don't like the, the doctrine. Because the doctrine is the truth. And the truth is that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Okay? And that's why you've got to grab hold of that and hold on to that. And it's got to be the bedrock of, of everything you say and do. That truth. So gird yourself with that truth of the gospel, knowing the Word of God, to because that's the very basis of that. And that's where Satan loves to twist it. Folks, he doesn't mind you being religious. Okay? It doesn't bother him a bit. But if he can take away your belief in who Jesus is by just swaying you from the idea that instead of being the only begotten Son, He's one of the sons of God. He's already got you. Takes away from the deity of, of Jesus and saying, well, Jesus was a holy man. He was a prophet of God. No, you just took away who He was. The Bible says He was Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. God revealed Himself. And, and so Jesus was fully man, just like the song said, but he was fully God too, and uh, and, and so um, somebody way smarter than me pulled up. They've done some DNA tests on what they thought was the blood of Jesus and stuff, and it came back. They because nobody really knew, but the interesting facts of when they did it, it only had half the the chromosomes or or whatever, huh? Yeah, okay, you only had half. And they said this is impossible because every individual has twice that many because they get half from the father and half from the mother. A normal. Some people get maybe an extra one here or there and it causes some... some dis, uh, they're, they're not completely normal that way. But this blood sample only had half. So as they tried to explain that and find out, well, Jesus was born of who? Mary. But who was His Father? God. So it would have been completely and wholly right because He got all the chromosomes from His mother's side. Or And I may, I don't know, am I using the right medical term, chromosomes, or only a few of y'all will even know. The rest of them would just believe me. I don't know. It's it's a little bit out of my league there. But whatever you get, you get both, okay? And it's only had half. Because the other half was straight from God Himself. So you need to 
stand on that truth and hold on to that from the very beginning. But he also says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness cannot be attained by man. You cannot live good enough to be fully righteous. You can be good. You can be real good. You can be fantastic. But you can never be fully righteous except through Jesus Christ. But the breastplate was known for what? To protect the vital organs there. And so, as men and women born of God, we need to walk that way. Walk holy and present yourself a holy sacrifice to God. In other words, strive to always be all that God wants you to be. Strive to be faithful and true to Him in everything you do so that His righteousness protects you because that's where Satan's coming after you. The vital organs, he tries to destroy you. Now, I'm here to tell you, just because you're sick and maybe even dying, that's not a bad thing for the believer, okay? You know, we're all going to die sooner or later, all right? So get that in your mind. You're going to die. You're dying right now. The day after you were born, you started dying. You were growing up, but you were already on your road to death. The, the, the real question is, are you ready for your death when it comes? Because you don't know what day it's going to come. It could come just any moment at any time. But are you ready for that death? And that's when we have to walk in Christ every day and stand firm and, and live for Him and not let the flesh overshadow what the Spirit's trying to do. Because you're in a, you're in a battle, folks. You're soldiers in a spiritual battle. You may not realize that you're fighting, but every time you show up here, every time you read your Bible, every time you pray to God, you're entering into Satan's territory, and he knows that. And he's going to do his best to destroy that and to keep you from doing everything God would have you to do. He's going to attack your faith. He's going to cause doubt to come into you. He's going to cause guilt to come into you. And he's going to begin to try to pull you away. I've had people that were saved and two or three years later said, well, I, I just can't get over who I used to be. I can't forgive myself. I said, well, you better because God's already forgiven you. He said, when you were born again, you're a new creature. You're a new creation. All those things have passed away. You need to get over it. But see, one of the weapons Satan uses is to make you feel guilty. He begins to attack you because he's trying to rob you of the victory that is yours. And that's just one of the ways he does it. So he's always trying to attack you and to tear you down. So you need to have that breastplate of righteousness. But then he talks about your feet. He says, shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace. What's the preparation mean? What's preparation? All right, I'm getting ready. When I got saved in September of 1982, 
this was all one book. Had a beginning and an end. I didn't know any better. What I learned later on, it was a collection of books, actually 66 books, bound up in one leather deal. And each part of it had a purpose. 39 of those books were the Old Testament. They were revealing God's character and everything about Him from the beginning of the creation of the world all the way up to the time that Jesus would come. The next 27 books, some of them being letters and some of them record, historical records, but they take on the role from Jesus' death and look back on that. And then we have those in the church there. But everything post-crucifixion. So we've got 39 that's pointing to the crucifixion. We've got 27 on the other side points back. Because they're doing this. And what are they pointing at? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And, and what He did, the fulfillment of Scriptures. So to shod your feet means don't come up here and expect me to fully prepare you spiritually in 30 minutes every Sunday. Folks, get into the Word. I'm going to tell you the same Spirit that dwelt in Jesus is the same Spirit dwells in you. The same ability to learn is in you that was in me. You see, I didn't get my training just from preachers. I didn't get my training just from seminary. I spent a lot of time in this book. I carried one in my lunchbox for five years at the coal mine, and every time I stopped to eat lunch or take a break, that old Bible came out. It was given to me when I was 10 years old, and I would read. At first, I'd get off by myself because I was just a little bit embarrassed Afraid somebody would ask me a question that I couldn't answer. And I wanted to read. I wanted to know. I wanted to learn. And then all of a sudden one day, some others began to come around and we began to talk and converse about it. And I felt more comfortable with it. But I was growing in my faith. I was growing in my knowledge. I was growing in my ability to understand. But I had to take a lot of time doing it. I went to church. I listened to the preaching. I participated in other training facilities and opportunities. I began to teach RAs, Royal Ambassadors. I knew a lot about cooking on fires, tying knots, building, making tents, and doing all these things. I was a Boy Scout. But you know what I didn't know was interwoven in all that? was the good news of Jesus Christ. So as I was teaching that and teaching these boys that, I began to learn. And one of the first places I ever gave my testimony about my salvation was it was an overnight camp out for RAs. Let me tell you a little bit about that. It began to rain, and we had about 300 boys on not enough ground, Okay. Because 300 boys needed about 5,000 acres. We had them fenced in on about 100. And they were everywhere. And it 
came a shower of rain, and all of a sudden, everybody got together and began, all the adults got together and prayed. It quit raining, and all that night, you could look up and see the stars over us. And there was a circle in the clouds up above us. We had our campfire service, and I stood up and gave my testimony of getting saved. When I came home the next day, everybody I talked to said, Man, it rained, it thundered, it stormed, wind blew, and I said, Really? Huh? Not where we were at. Oh, yeah, it rained everywhere. Everywhere but on that hundred acres. Because God literally opened up the clouds around there. I said, man, this is something. This God's, this God's real. This God is holy. This God answers prayer. Just a little bit more knowledge up there in preparation. Because folks, you've got to be prepared for what's coming. That final verse there says, In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming errors of the evil one. Faith, I've heard people say this so many times in this it's, a, it's shameful. Don't ask for faith because God's going to put it on you. Usually they say don't ask for patience. Patience is faith. Just with another word. You see, patience is waiting on God. That's what faith is. Waiting on God, trusting God, and listening to God in His direction. The only way I know that you can gain faith is by walking with God every day. And that means going through the good times and the hard times and watching Him work. Go through the battles as well as the relaxing times, the joyful times. The people that get saved, the people that are, are working. Go through the sickness with one another. Go watch God work and grow in your faith and trust Him and He'll not let you down. So whatever's going on in your life today, friends, let me tell you, be passionate about it, but be wise enough to get your passion out of the way when it needs to be. Be wise enough to lean on other people. Get your feelings out of the way because the feelings are usually detrimental to you. But understand this. I will do my best and give you 100% to never disappoint you in who I am. I'm going to be hard-headed. And I'm going to want my way most of the time. But I'll try to listen, and I'll try to learn. But don't ever doubt my sincerity that I, I want this church to do nothing but reach people
with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I'll never do anything, well, I'm going I'm to try to never do anything that would cause anybody to not trust Him. Because that's a promise I made Him a long time ago. And that's why I'm concerned about anything that attacks His body. Because I do not want us to cause anyone to stumble or miss out on salvation. Okay? So whenever Satan comes after you, let's pray together, let's stand up, do whatever we can do, let's forgive one another, try to control the flesh. When we lose it, ask for forgiveness and grant forgiveness because it's both. Because I know within this body, you're all seeking the same thing. At least most of you. Some of you I don't know that well yet, but if you've been coming here more than six months, you're pretty committed and you want what's best. We've done more in the past year as far as growth and outreach. Every year it's just been a little more and a little more. You're now impacting the world, not just this community. Through that little thing back there, they got stuck up there. <clears throat> and this thing called Internet. That's why it's a good thing. And we're going we're gonna to trample on Satan's territory a lot more, okay? We're going to make him mad. And I hope to. And we're going to back him up in a corner because if he's got one acre of this area, he's got too much. If he's got one soul in this area, he's got too much. So let's assure one another that we're going to pray for one another. We're not going to listen to anything that's being said contrary to the Word of God. And realize that we are, bar none, and we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what, anybody says because deception's out there and some of them may fall or stumble to it but whatever's out there we're going to face and we're going to face it together because we are god's creation he brought me back to omaha to start this church because i didn't want to come i want to come back to omaha i love this area i just wasn't sure about coming the way I he brought me, but he reassured me that's what he wanted. When I got here, he showed me what to do. And um, some of you may not believe this, but when we first started, we had a campfire right out there under some trees and had Bible study there. The very first time we met out here, was by a fire. You bring your own chair and your own Bible and we'd sit around on Sunday afternoon and we began to have prayer meetings and pray. So everything that you see here today has been added in the past 18 years. I did a little calculation this morning not knowing whether it's real or not. 
Because who puts a value on anything? But in a worldly value, I estimated if this place came up on market, it'd be worth a minimum of $2 million. God built this with about $550,000. That's monetary value over 18 years. But you know what's worth more than that? Every soul that gets saved because of this work the church is doing. And when the rapture comes, they can put this place on the market. But until then, it's God's and you're a part owner in it. Every time you put a little money in the boot, every time you contribute to anything, you just invested in this. It took a lot of people to build all these buildings. No one gave a lot, but they all gave what they had. And God took it and has blessed it more and more. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because it's, it's really a place people have learned to trust. And I'll defend her to the day that I die because it's God's house. He doesn't dwell in here, but He dwells in the people that find sanctuary here. And that's where He's at. That forgiveness. But we need each other. Because God's going to be the bring the victory to us no matter what's happening, okay? Why don't y'all stand up? Y'all pray with me. Father, first of all, I just ask you to forgive me. There's times I need more wisdom, more knowledge. I need better words. There's times I need to um, pray before I act. Lots of times I need to pray before I speak. But Father, I love You with all my heart. And You've blessed me with some people that love You with all their heart. And I know the enemy hates us He's going to try to tear us apart. And I pray that we won't fall into that trap. Because we're going to be a lighthouse. And we're going to do keep preaching the gospel. Keep sharing the word. Keep lifting people up the best we can. Keep encouraging one another. So that the gospel can go forth. So, Father, continue to use us. Bless everybody who's here today with a special anointing this week. We're going to give you the praise because you're worthy of all our praise. Thank you for those who led us in song today. Pray that they receive a special blessing this week. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a good week.